For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It is April 23rd, 2021. Peace and humptiness forever. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Alfred Kanawa. And Jackson Callens making his Wrestling Inc. debut. Yeah. Here to talk about SmackDown Live. SmackDown on Fox. The build to WrestleMania backlash began tonight in full effect. Uh, Daniel Bryan. In an interesting angle, playing off of uh, the news circulating that his contract is up soon. Who knows what's going to happen? They're leaning into that hard. We saw Alistair Black back tonight in a new promo. Uh, we had some more action on the women's tag team front. We have Bailey versus Bianca Belair, official for WrestleMania Backlash. Jackson, welcome to the show. What did you think tonight of SmackDown on Fox? Uh, I thought it was a good show. I mean, SmackDown is always, to me, the A show right now. Uh, I liked it. I'm curious to see what's going to happen, like you said, with Daniel Bryan, especially with the stipulation and the things that he's been saying, tweeting and, you know, whatnot. Yeah. So, what happens? It seems like he's going to win. I bet you he's going to win, and that's going to set up Cesaro versus... Did they announce Cesaro versus Roman for Backlash? That's gonna No, it's going to be uh, Daniel Bryan versus Roman. Oh, really? Wait, really? For backlash, that's oh, what wow. I understood. Yeah, no, it probably is going to be there. Actually, yeah, that makes sense. I, I maybe I'm just wishing it into existence, Alfred. I think last Friday I talked about this. Like, I want Cesaro versus Roman in the main event. Obviously, Roman's going to win, but still, I would like to see that happen. I think it would be good. Um, yeah, that's what I thought we were going to see up until the last ten minutes of the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, what happens um it's going to be interesting but live from the thunderdome tonight and uh we've got seth rollins oh seth rollins oh it's next week on smackdown okay yeah it's next week yeah, that's next why week. that's why i was thinking okay, it's right. okay yeah so it would be yeah um but i mean this was so telegraphed tonight i thought it was gonna be the main event i'm surprised they opened with it with um Rollins and Jay Uso versus Cesaro and Daniel Bryan. Uh, Jackson, what do you think of Seth Rollins's character? Uh, I feel like uh, he's coming off like a bootleg Cameron Grimes at this point. Like, <laughs> I don't even think he knows what he's doing with his character, to be honest. Um, I don't know. I kind of want to see where it goes a little bit more. I was uh, kind of teased when they brought out with the Jay Uso to see if he was going to be back in like, you know, the Roman Reigns, uh, in yeah. type of thing. Uh, we didn't get that. He walked out of the match, obviously, you know, cowardly, but yeah. Uh, this, this tag, I just felt was such an obvious choice for tonight. And what was it like 45 minutes? It was long. Yeah. Well, you were driving, long. you did an entire yeah. commute Jackson during this match. I set up <laughs> all my stuff. Very long the match. Of the show. Un undid all my stuff because the house of my grandma's house was not working. Packed it up, drove home, set up, and the match was still going on. <laughs> wow. Very long. Very long match. But uh, that being said, Alfred, what do you think of uh, this promo and them leaning so heavily on this tonight? I feel like 
um, well, this is a hot storyline. I don't, I don't know. This feels like they just keep stretching this out. Everything with Roman, every feud Roman's in seems to just take three weeks to get sure. to where another feud would get in one week's time. Yeah, because you rarely get any wrestling, and I think it does protect his star powers. You rarely get any wrestling from Roman Reigns. That's why I think next week, knowing that they're going to have a match for the title and Roman Reigns is actually going to wrestle on TV, I think that's going to make a difference uh, in the rating because they kind of protect him um, by not having him wrestle a lot. But uh, the other side of that, a consequence, if you will, is that there's a lot of talking, and Roman Reigns has kind of a slow brooding style, so he's never going to be the one to cut these fiery rah-rah promos in the vein of like a Hulk Hogan or something like that. He's more cool, calm, and collected, and you're going to get a lot of that and so it does make things seem like they're going a lot slower what'd you think of the match uh jackson uh i enjoyed it it's good i mean it was good does it feel to anyone else like we have an abundance of great wrestling right now and uh it kind of like i want to say it detracts a little bit it's like you could have you could have your favorite restaurant but if you eat there five nights a week is it still special anymore if you have like your favorite dish? You know what I mean? You know, I, I think even going to Nobu and getting the 10 course chef sampler would seem a little bit old if you did it too often. And I feel like these guys have these banger matches, but the storyline, I feel like we're, we're moving through quicksand. It's just not going fast enough. Yeah, it's actually the complete opposite of the Attitude Era, if you look at it. It's just a shame that we couldn't have a boom period during a time where there's all these elite athletes doing this great stuff for a mainstream audience. Because in the Attitude Era, if you go back and watch those Raws and SmackDown stuff, there was a lot of terrible wrestling on those shows with you know people who you could argue shouldn't have even been in the ring at that point. Uh, but the storylines were excellent in terms of yeah. what you hooked on the show, especially their top storylines. So it's kind of an inverse now. Is I've never seen better wrestling on a day-to-day basis, week in and week out. I mean, this SmackDown wrestling-wise, is better than most pay-per-views in the 90s in WWE, yeah. except unfortunately a lot of the storytelling that they're doing is not inspiring. Yeah. A lot lacking in it. I mean, Jackson, do you still pop for Cesaro doing the swing? I mean, I feel uh, like... <laughs> I mean, I do to an extent, but then it's like, okay, it's getting stale. Yeah. yeah. They really beat that thing into the ground, the way they booked the Seth Rollins feud around the swing. It kind of made the swing jump the shark in some ways. Yeah. It's unfortunate, man, because, I mean, all of these guys are so talented. Um, I think there's a lot there. I just feel like um, the storyline's not popping. And with Seth, I feel like he's out there going through the motions. He's doing the laugh. He's doing the body language. But even he knows he has nothing to say. Yeah. You know? Uh, That cameo he cut that went viral where he was uh, thanking the guy like that was more entertaining set oh, yeah. off the cuff than what we've seen them script for him in a long time. Um, but, and also interesting, Jackson, what'd you think about having the, the Seth and Roman kind of uh, out there in each other's orbit, but not interacting this idea that they're having a little bit of overlap, but no shield reunion, you know, I like it, but I, there's that fan of me that just wants to see something happen in a different way than the shield was, but you know, an interaction of a brotherhood coming to, you know, something with it, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Yeah. That was kind of, I was very excited for that prospect. When I heard Roman Reigns music hit and I knew Seth Rollins was out there, it's like, okay, here we go. They're going to, at the very least, WWE loves its shield references, but this would have been a welcomed uh, sight because they haven't really crossed paths uh, since Roman Reigns came back, but I guess we didn't get that. I haven't been this frustrated. Remember when David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar toured together and they played separate sets and never <laughs> once, not even an encore. They didn't come out together and do a song. That's all we wanted to see. 
Another version of that is the last season of Martin when Martin and Gina oh, were yeah. having problems in real life and they couldn't be on camera together. That was that was very hard to watch. Well, I think Tisha Campbell probably had a valid point for well, yeah, I mean, just, I, I'm not know. taking any sides, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know how that ever resolved, but you know, that yeah. was my recollection at the time. But no, I agree. I mean, I think that you can only have these guys near each other so long before people want something, right? Uh, it's like the wrestling version of shipping. It's like, oh, there's going to be an alliance. There's going to be something. It's going to be a meaningful glance. Yeah. You know, something, a, anything. A huge missed opportunity. No, I agree. They could have mm. done something like that. It's kind of like we were talking about um, the Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai thing, where they're clearly going in that direction now. All they had to do was a little glance of Dakota Kai getting jealous of Raquel, and we'd have been off to the races. Maybe they'll have that. This is the same kind of vein where – even if they're not planning anything immediately, have them at the very least look at it. Like, come on, you can't ignore that history. Yeah. It's tough, man. But the match itself was good. Cesaro and Daniel Bryan get the win. We set them up taunting Roman Reigns. Of course, we'd see him in the main event. Um, and what they're building up there. This was unexpected, but delightful tonight. Nia Jax versus Tamina Snuka with Tamina getting that win. Um, I mean, what, what do you think about this, Jackson? Tamina's been a pillar of the women's division for the better part of a decade never really gotten a lot of opportunities she had that short uh championship chase against bailey last year do you what do you think about this this push that they're giving her right now let her run with it if it works out um I yeah mean, why not yeah i mean alfred could you see uh tamina and natalia winning the tag titles i thought at mania they were going to get it Wow. I know, and I really think that they should get it any day now just based on how they've booked Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, who, I mean, this does have potential as a fun tag team mid-card comedy, but if they're the champions, they really should be winning a lot of these matches, and they're not. And meanwhile, Natalia and Tamina have been kind of built up, and it was very interesting to see WWE really talk up Tamina's reaction at WrestleMania because I remember she did get a pretty good reaction for whatever reason. I even tweeted about like the how surprised I was that mm -hmm. I mean, she was really the most over person of that first hour uh, and um, WWE seems to have taken notice, and they're kind of running with that idea that look at all these people cheering for Tamina. So uh, I see them trending toward getting those tag team titles. Yeah, I think it'll be good. Uh, Jackson, are you excited at the prospect of Shayna and Nia breaking up and having a feud against each other? Something new would be fresh. I mean, uh, it, it could be good. Yeah. I mean, they've both been booked as so dominant. I think them fighting one they, another. They've teased it before, too. I mean. Yeah. And it doesn't need a title. You know, maybe custody of Reginald. Maybe that could be what they're. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be careful telling that story. but Touche, uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> touche. I mean, wasn't there a, a love angle thing going on for a minute there with, with Naya and, and what's his name, Reginald? Yeah, they're still trying to kind of play that up in terms yeah. of that original. And Shayna is just kind of positioned as the person who is just over it and doesn't want anything to do with their love angle and just wants to compete, which there is a story to be told. There's a lot of potential with this comedy-wise, and you've seen some flashes. It's just that the way that they're booked as champions, I think, has been awful. I agree. Yeah, I kind of like uh, their interactions with him. I mean, it's, it's kind of a silly storyline. It's interesting that he went from – being Carmela's valet or uh, uh, and uh, or sommelier, uh, as it were, and then having that be involved with Sasha and then being like, okay, we're going to spin him off into his own thing right now. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's just kind of uh, 
interesting his shelf life. Like he's he's one of the top stars of the women's division. He really is. It's <laughs> great. He gets booked better than most of those women that are on the roster, especially in consistency wise, where he's just kind of aligning himself with all these winners. Yeah. Can he can he wrestle? I I don't really know much about him. Can he wrestle? Did he do anything wrestling wise? Necessarily, or? I don't know how much experience he has wrestling, but he has a lot of gymnastic experience, and he does a lot yeah. of that in matches, and it's actually really fun to watch. I mean, he had that match with yeah. Sasha Banks where he's flipping all over the place, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I think there's potential there. I think it could be interesting to see where they go with this. But uh, Tamina winning tonight, I think, was a good move. I think Tamina and Natalia getting that win. Uh, would be good. I, f- I feel like they both just deserve it, right? It's like just a respect thing, um, given all the work they've put in the women's division through thick and through thin, through good times and bad. Um, I think that they could be very, very good tag team champions um, and bring something new to the women's tag division. Shayna and Naya, I think both uh, could have a monster feud against each other and it could go really, really well. So we'll see. But yeah, and the original thing does kind of detract from that, you know, in a, in a way. So, because I think that you, to have two women that are booked and treated as such badasses, it's kind of strange to have this, you know, not quite comedy character, but a more lighthearted, whimsical character in the mix. Yeah, it's the complete opposite of what Shayna Baszler brings to the table. It's like, Shayna Baszler is one of the most legit people in that company in terms of somebody who's a MMA fighter and has experienced shoot fighting. And she's always at her best when she's dominant. Like in NXT, she never lost, almost never lost a match until she was ready to leave. And now you see her in this position where it's like they protect her because they give her that title and she wins sometimes, but she loses a lot. And she's in this comedy feud where she's just kind of the – the goon in the in the whole feud. So it's just very weird to watch Shane in this position. Yeah. Chrono Shot 234 saying cheers, boys. Also, Mortal Kombat was awesome. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Can't wait to watch that. I can't wait either. I've been waiting. I'm afraid because I saw some of the reviews. I was oh, excited really? about it, and then I saw some reviews. Now I'm bummed. Oh, look at the reviews, oh, no. man. Yeah, I, I try not to look at the reviews before I watch the movie these days. Uh, but I'm just a huge Mortal Kombat guy, so I'm sure I'll like it either way. I like the other Mortal Kombat movie they did that everybody hated. Well, the, the, wait, the first one, the second one. Yeah. yeah, it came out in like the 90s or whatever. It had that Mortal Kombat soundtrack. That, that's yes. what everybody remembers about it. Well, there were two. There was Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. The first Mortal Kombat movie is dumb fun. Yeah, I like, agree. And probably up until, I don't know, like up until Tomb Raider, it was probably the best video game adaptation <laughs> at that time. Certainly Street Fighter the movie. Was yeah. Not. yeah, no, no, it was not. And they made the movie The Game too, and the game was terrible. Oh, where the Dan Dan, yeah, where yeah. Yeah. I went to the Capcom Friends and Family premiere that they invited press to of Street Fighter the movie. And I'm there in a crowded theater surrounded by Capcom employees, and everyone <laughs> was so amped when the movie started and so disappointed by the time the movie ended. Oh, and it's God. funny that I mean, in time, it has gone on. To become a cult classic and Raul Julia's performance has been praised by people. Now that was his last film role, but uh yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Kylie Minogue, you know, not yeah. the street fighter we were we were hoping for. Not the best chemistry, no, not at all. Yeah. Kylie played by the way, yeah. I promised I would give a Krona a shout out. He's a good friend of the podcast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. What up, man? Absolutely. Yeah, we were talking about vegan food. Um man, and I love Kylie Minogue. And I love the character of Cammy, but man, that movie. Yeah. There was some potential <laughs> there, uh, and it got a lot of hype, but yeah, it was not a good movie, especially as great as Street Fighter was as a game. It didn't do it justice. Well, 
and isn't it weird how collectively as as a society as the world we were all on the van damme train until about like what 93 and then it was like no we're good yeah (laughs) around the time he did that movie with dennis rodman was that double team oh i think that was uh after i was gonna say now now time cop my beloved Time Cop. Time Cop is one of my favorite movies of all time. Didn't that come out like just a few months before Street Fighter the movie? I'm pretty sure. It sounds yeah. like the same timeline, but I could. Yeah, Street Fighter came out December 23rd. Time Cop September. September. Somewhere between September of 94 and December of 94, <laughs> the world <laughs> turned on Jean Claude Van Damme. How do you know this stuff off the top of your head, man? I know. <laughs> just thinking back to my child, not my child, my teen years, man. <laughs> I turned 18 in 94. That was, was a big year, you know? And Time Cop, Time Cop is fantastic. It, f- fans of the podcast, if you've never seen the movie Time Cop, like it involves. First off, I love a good time travel movie. I think Time Cop is probably easily in my top 10, if not top five, time travel movies of all time. Wow. That's a very specific category. What's another time travel movie that, uh, well, I guess there are plenty well, of like Inception, Back to the Future. What's that? Inception? Uh, Inception. Well, no, that's about dreams. Yeah, I guess that's more dreams. Yeah. Um, but no, I think time travel, look, I'll watch any time travel movie. Like, like I was thinking, I was tweeting about this a while ago, like Project Almanac, Welcome to Yesterday. Project Almanac was found footage, not even great, but it was still a pretty solid time travel movie. I will watch anything that involves time travel or a time loop. You just have to tell me that. You have to say, Glenn, it's a time loop movie. You know, like <sighs> Triangle, or just time goes, or 12.01 p.m., you know, or Groundhog Day. I mean, I'll watch that anytime. Uh, time travel, Back to the Futures 1, 2, and 3, obviously some of the very best. Have we ever seen? But I love a good time travel movie. How do you time rank Hot Tub Time Machine? Hot Tub Time Machine was fun. Yeah, I like the okay. first one a lot. I, the second one was disappointing to me, but the uh, first one was really good. Good yeah. job, Connor. Threw us on a train of movies for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stellar Justin Lopez, four ninety nine, saying Jean Claude Van Damme was actually supposed to be the Predator, but he hated the suit and quit the project. They shot much like they shot Back to the Future with Eric Stoltz. They shot Predator with Jean Claude Van Damme in this terrible Predator suit. That looked nothing like what was in the finished movie. Ooh. And then they decided after, like, we got to do something. We got to change some things. Because this isn't good. <laughs> but the Predator, is, on, the Predator is what made... I mean, the first Predator film, like Schwarzenegger, Ventura, like, whatever. But the Predator was badass when you first saw him. Yeah. Although now my thing is, if you're playing Fortnite and someone has the Predator skin, I've dubbed that the ultimate tryhard skin for Fortnite players. <laughs> it's like, you think you're cool, but you're not cool. Cloud chasing. Yeah, absolutely. Bad Keith Gaming, $5 saying SmackDown's literally the A show for WWE. Amazing comeback from last week. Agreed. Yeah, I agree it's the A show. I look forward to SmackDown far more than I do Raw. Raw is just a chore to watch. I don't even remember last week's SmackDown. We- uh, I remember some things from it, but yeah, they, they, they just kind of blend together sometimes. But I really do like the two-hour format, and I think when I'm watching the show, it's a more enjoyable show. What did, Jackson, you texted me after the podcast last Friday saying, dude, you look so tired. And I was just like, <laughs> you had a 10-hour drive, man. And then you jumped back on the podcast after that, dude. I just did that drive to you yeah, back and forth, a uh, 10-hour drive. And I was like, oh, my God, I just want to go to bed. <laughs> I got home maybe like 3 a.m. Thursday morning. I, like, I don't remember much of the last week. It's been a blur. Wow. Uh, good promos for Kevin Owens versus Paul Cruz tonight. 
uh, we'll talk about that match. But hey, I want to welcome a brand new sponsor to the Wrestling Inc. podcast, and that is IP Vanish. What is IP Vanish? IP Vanish is a virtual private network, a VPN for short. A VPN is a super important tool that helps you safely browse the internet. You can use VPNs on your computer, your tablet, your phone, even things like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use a VPN, all your data is encrypted. What you're reading, what you're searching, what you're watching, whatever it is you're doing is private. And that's important because what you do on the internet is no one else's business but yours. Uh, like me, I want to watch on uh, ctv.ca. They've got the 80 series. It's your move. You know, maybe I want to privately watch that from my home. And, you know, I'm not in Canada, but I use IP Vanish. Bam. It's like I'm in Canada and I'm watching Jason Bateman trying to outsmart his neighbor in 1985. And we've got a deal for listeners of our podcast. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 65% off. That's just $3.49 for the first month or $31.49 for the year. And here is everything you get with IP Vanish. You get anonymous IP addresses, which means your personal IP address cannot be tracked by anyone on the web. You could circumvent online censorship. Oh, you don't want to stop me from watching Canadian TV? Joke's on you. I got IP Vanish. They got more than 1,500 servers in 70 locations. How do you think I'm watching the Menudo miniseries that hasn't even aired in the U.S. on Amazon Prime? IP Vanish, baby. Get protection when you're using public Wi-Fi. Remember, the IP Vanish will make all your data encrypted so no one can snoop on what you're doing. If you see Mr. Robot, why do you want to go use the Wi-Fi at a coffee shop or someplace? Somebody set up a sniffer on there. They're collecting all your details. IP Vanish protects you, and you get 24-7 support. You can email them, chat with them, even call them, and they are here to help. So here's what we want you to do. Go to ipvanish.com slash INC for Wrestling Inc. That's ipvanish.com slash INC to claim your 65% savings. And they have plans starting at just $349 or $31.49 for an entire year. And this is the time to sign up. And with our discount, and their current promotional offerings, you can get that VPN for 65% off their usual offer. IP Vanish is the best of the best. It's rated 4.7 out of 5 on Trustpilot, and that's with more than 6,000 reviews. So show these guys some love. They're sponsors of Wrestling Inc. We're glad to have them on. We want to have a long relationship. I'm going to tell you about all the TV and stuff you can watch overseas using IP Vanish. All, I mean, just think about it. Think about the dumbest Google searches you ever do and how <laughs> somewhere on their servers that's linked to your name. Last night, I'm trying to decipher some of the lyrics to the Humpty Dance that I just never quite picked up. I don't need Google and people knowing that I'm looking for that. Not that I'm ashamed of it. I'm telling you here on the podcast, but I'm just saying, you're Googling stuff. IP Vanish has got you on lock, going to protect you. So IPVanish.com slash INC. Get this deal. Start protecting yourself online. We thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Jackson, what's the dumbest thing you've Googled in recent memory? The lyrics to Everywhere from Michelle Branch. There you go. There you go. And with IP Vanish, Jack Jackson, who? Who looked that up? Who knows? Just blending in with all that private traffic. <laughs> Alfred, what about, about you? you go by the way. Oh my God. Just, that one just really hit. I feel like we lost two of the greatest rappers of all time with Jackson's yeah. passing. Yeah. You know, now I'll, I'll have you be known for the first couple of years. I really thought Humpty Hump and Shock G were two different people. Me too. They for kept that kayfabe. They yeah. kept that kayfabe so well. You know? <laughs> Oh, man. Um, so back to the show tonight. Let's talk about this match. Kevin Owens versus Apollo Crews. Uh, good for Apollo getting a successful title defense. I think they're building this up with him and Big E. Um, what did you think of this tonight, Jackson, this match? I uh, actually missed that one. Oh, it wasn't very long. And Sammy on commentary. Man, you can't put a guy like Sammy on commentary and expect me to pay attention to the wrestling as much, right? Sammy's like a show in and of himself. 
I love Sammy. <laughs> just, so good. Me too. He's just a one-man entertainment machine. I just—he's so good. He's not a bad dancer, to be honest. He's like not terrible, but he's bad enough at dancing that it's funny, and he knows how to make it funny. He's so funny and obnoxious to watch dancing like that that I think they're onto something. And unfortunately, they're probably going to beat this into the ground. But right now, it's so entertaining, and I think he's so funny on commentary that he was just calling out the referee for she either counted too fast or too slow. And he just knows how to really get up under you and be obnoxious in an entertaining way. And I, I thought he was great tonight. Did you see all the gifts that people were making with his dancing from the Logan <laughs> Paul segment and his interactions on Twitter with it was hilarious. <laughs> He's got a T-shirt, too. I'm thinking about getting that T-shirt, a dancing man T-shirt that uh, the money, the proceeds are donated to Sammy for Syria. But it's just pictures of him. Oh, nice. And drawn pictures of him dancing. And they're really good. I love that he's doing that. I bought a few of the Sammy for Syria t-shirt releases. Oh, nice. uh, yeah, I mean, they're just all great. And it's such a great cause with what he's doing there. Isn't it weird that he's like the ultimate baby face in real life, but they have him playing this heel character? Yeah. I mean, it's too, <laughs> I think it was you who said it's like watching conservative Saturday Night Live or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is, it's a little weird. The inverse in types of what they find to be a heel, you know, because he is kind of playing like a somebody who would be a protester. So yeah. now everything has to be a conspiracy. It's, it's just kind of an inverse world. But, you know, in wrestling, fans tend to kind of decide who they want to cheer for, especially this day and age. Uh, so, you know, I think people kind of appreciate Sammy, even though he's a heel. So good. So good. But yeah, he kind of upstages this match uh, tonight with Kevin and Apollo. Um, but hey, good on Apollo getting this win tonight. Um, I think building him up for a re solid rematch with Biggie uh, rematching for the title, I think is going to be great. Um, and we saw this backstage uh, when Cruz was celebrating and Biggie attacked him. Do you think uh, this is a heel turn for Biggie, Alfred? No, no, I don't. Um, I, I think they're just, it kind of seemed like it might be earlier in the night when he was talking to Kevin Owens about uh, cutting him in line, but this is just Biggie going after Apollo Crews after Cruz, who's clearly a heel, uh, cheated to win tonight. He cheated to win at WrestleMania. So, you know, they're just kind of keeping that going with Biggie. Uh, but I, I think Apollo Crews is just such night and day in terms of him on the mic. I, I don't think I've ever seen an improvement to that level where he went from being a guy who I thought couldn't cut a promo to save his life to now he's so comfortable, uh, and I think it's just because he's playing a character and he's just comfortable outside of his own skin, uh, similar to Big E, how Big E is so comfortable on camera, but in real life he's just kind of more laid back. Uh, I love this uh, Apollo Crews fire. You know, the, quest the character's a little questionable in terms of them making him a cartoon, but he seems to be very comfortable playing this role. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Finnabs299 saying hi to Jackson. Good work, but where's Diva? Uh, Diva just was not feeling well tonight, so she couldn't make Thank it. You. That's why Alfred's... Uh, Filling in tonight, and we had Jackson scheduled. And then um, Alfred is going to be on Fridays with the starting in May every week with myself and uh, Issa. So it's going to be good, man. I mean, SmackDown such an easier watch. And Tuesdays, if you haven't checked out Tuesdays yet, our NXT Tuesdays have been so much fun so far. Such yeah, we're having fun on Tuesdays. Yeah, you big uh, NXT fan, Jackson? No, I actually don't know too much about NXT, but I've watched a couple recently, and... It's, I'm getting intrigued. I'm going to start watching it every week now. Yeah, you got to watch it. I Take highly care. recommend it. It's probably the best show that they air consistently on a weekly basis. On, like I'll watch the takeovers and whatnot, but I don't yeah. really know what's going on story-wise or anything except for the Adam Cole thing. But, yeah, I love NXT's vibe, so I want to get, get into it. Oh, yeah. So good. I mean, I just feel like it's such a easier watch. Uh, even then tonight, I, I think NXT is better than SmackDown week in and week out. SmackDown's good, but NXT, I mean, you know what it is, man? I was thinking about this. It's like tonight, 
even though this was a good show, these are variations of things we see week in and week out. NXT could be something entirely new every week. It's different too than the main, you know, than SmackDown or Raw. It has its own flavor, its own vibe. It's Triple H's hands on it type of deal, you know? Yeah. No, more aggressive. Absolutely. Yeah. And this week was a really, really good show. Let's talk about this return vignette for Aleister Black. Jackson Callens, Aleister Black, uh, almost seemed angry. <laughs> almost like a satanic Tom Vu tonight, taunting the audience. The glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Vu had some pretty cool glasses back in the day, if I recall. Uh, what's Tom Vu up to? You know, know. That's something you should Google. <laughs> Did he become like a professional poker player? Uh, I used to love those infomercials in the 90s. Like, like maybe he was right. I was afraid to be rich. Tom Vu, like, had me, man. Uh, what? Tom Vu lives in Vegas now. Oh, my God. I know what my mission is going to be. Moving to Vegas. I'm going to track down Tom Vu, get a photo. Uh, but no, Aleister Black, very confrontational to the audience tonight. Still dark, still satanic. Uh, but just angry, not so much looking for a fight, just uh, there to prove his dominance. Do you think this is an improvement? I mean, I guess, Jackson, my question for you is, is this different enough than what they did before? Yeah, I'm really interested to see, like, his entrance, what they're going to do with that. That'll kind of tell his his character, because I loved what he had before. You know, yeah. he, he was laying down, they bring him up type of deal. Um, we really don't know much yet to know what's going to happen when he makes his... Yeah, return. I'm excited though. I want to see it. I mean, I thought when when the cuts happened, what was it last week or the week before? I mean, he seemed like he would be in jeopardy given his lack of use. So, I mean, this is, shows that they're doing mm -hmm. something with him that they're uh, invested. But um, it's a good repackage, and we'll see. Yeah, Alfred, what, what do you think though? Do you think this is the right direction, or is this too similar? Yeah, no, this is a bit of a wait and see for me in terms of Alistair Black. I think he's doing this effectively in terms of his performance. I love the production of this. I love the little cartoon they did with the dragons. The thing for me is he doesn't have enough of a reason to hate the fans and to hate the people. Like it's fine. If you're going to be a villain, you're going to have a reason to not like people, but he didn't really give a reason as to why he has such disdain. And he just said like, Oh, these people are going to raise these kids with their bad values. And it's, I just need a little more meat behind why you're suddenly going after the people. What is it that they did? He could have some story from his childhood of something that happened, but I just need more of a reason. Otherwise yeah. this is like a bad guy being a bad guy for the sake of it. I don't know. Remember Cheerios. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember, remember <laughs> Lars Sullivan sharing his stories from his childhood. I don't know that that's the best. Oh, yeah. to take. <laughs> stay away know? from that. With this writing staff. Yeah. We can stay away from that. Yeah, WWE writing staff. Not the ones I want to try and have the nuance of childhood trauma uh, <laughs> to channel that into a character, you know? Um, oh man. So I, I, I want, I want something good for Alistair Black to come out of this, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen uh, with this. Um, Oh, this is tough, man. To go from this to Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, whose tag team championship reign has been unmarked by anything of note. Yeah, like, just, uh, they're just there. I always forget that they're tag team champions, to be honest. Yes, and that's why to see the Street Profits there, who so clearly are the biggest stars in the entire tag team division, it's just very frustrating. Uh, we have Bailey talking smack about Bianca Belair. They uh, call Bianca on speakerphone. What's going to happen? Tune in. Stay tuned to find out. Um, 
Stellar Justin Lopez 499 saying, thank God he got rid of the eye patch. Him talking about slaying a dragon made me think he was targeting Daniel Bryan, but that won't happen after the last segment. Yeah, I mean, that's actually a good foreshadowing, but, you know, w, he's not the dragon in this world, so. Yeah. But you know what I thought they were doing is they had this shot of him with his glasses on, and for a second it looked like one of the glasses was going to be dark and the other one was going to be oh. And I was just thinking, if that's the look he's going, he's going to look like an idiot. I thought it would look ridiculous, but he looked fine with the glasses that he had, so thank God they didn't do that. Glasses are an interesting choice. Yeah, he does look. He looks a lot less dangerous with those glasses on. I will say that. It is true. You think? I mean, and I, I don't want to stereotype the glasses and make somebody look like a nerd. I wear glasses on occasion. I have, you know, uh, contact lenses in now. But that seems like a Vince thing. If someone believed glasses made you look like a nerd, it is Vince McMahon. Yeah. I, I would bet a considerable amount of money that Vince thinks that. So that's why it's interesting. Vince would have signed off on this. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And, you know, you know, Vince has a lot of classic beliefs about what a tough guy is. Yeah. And I guarantee you that mold isn't somebody with glasses on. He probably laughs at those people. There has never been an intimidating metalhead with glasses. And I'm going back to like wheels on Degrassi. Like you cannot wear glasses and look like you can kick anyone's ass if you're a metalhead. No, yeah. I mean, that's why Clark can't wear the glasses. You're supposed to be, uh, you know, docile. And this is his calm version before he took him off and flew on there, around in the air. Yeah. I just don't get it, man. Uh, so Bianca and Bailey facing off. And what did you think of this, Jackson? Bailey, like, putting Bianca over and then basically coming out after and saying, psych. You know? Her character is just weird to me right now. Dude. Um, yeah. It, I don't know what to do with Bailey. I, I'm not a fan, really, of this comedy, whatever she's doing. Yeah, uh, I mean... I don't know. See, I thought I thought it worked over the last year. I thought it was good, but I think that they're not giving her good material lately. Is my my yeah, yeah. No, she's a very talented performer, and uh, I don't like that they've taken the emphasis off her wrestling. She's been more of a kind of off-screen character, out of the ring character, more than a wrestler. But clearly, she's going to get back to that. But I did enjoy the segment very much with um, Montez Ford coming around with this phone. Yeah, and then she goes, "I'll be right back. <laughs> I'll be right there." And you're just like, "Oh, you messed up now." So I, I like that seemed like a very organic way to get Bianca Belair in the building to confront Bailey. I really like that. That was good. Uh, Chris Pantaleo, Buck 99, saying glasses worked for Adam Bomb or maybe not. <laughs> Adam Bomb was actually one of my favorite wrestlers as a kid. I, I loved Adam Bomb. When I was a kid, I mean, I know he, it didn't work out, but I absolutely loved that character when it was on television. I, I'm very disappointed that it didn't take off the way I thought it would. Jackson, what he worked you for uh, IRS back in the day yeah. and kicked ass. With there you go. <laughs> Bret Hart, greatest glasses of all time? Difference between sunglasses and okay, yeah, glasses. We're not yeah. doing all glasses. Because okay, Adam Baum had those dark glasses on. Yeah, that's that's the difference. Sunglasses are cool, which is actually weird that I say that. That's like such a kid thing. Like, oh, I'm going to wear sunglasses. They're cool, man. Yeah. You know, But no, sunglasses are cool. Uh, clear glasses, you're a nerd. I guess there's some goggles too on Adam Bomb, but yeah, clear glasses do get a bad rap in terms of being associated with nerds. But hey, there needs to be a great wrestler who just wrestles in his eyeglasses. I think he'd get over. Oh, the Dudley Boys is uh, Beats is pointing out. Dudley Boys had the greatest glasses. That's a good one. Yeah, hmm, this is interesting. This is a polarizing. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) This could be its own podcast. Delving into the real issues tonight. You know, we're solving some things here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast, but it was announced today on social media that at WrestleMania Backlash, uh, Bianca Belair will be defending her title against Bailey. 
Uh, so we'll see what happens with that should be interesting, but Hey, I want to thank the second sponsor of tonight's episode, which is hello fresh. Oh, with hello fresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouthwatering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. You'd skip those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. I love HelloFresh because it cuts the stress out of meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. And in fact, they've got new meals you could try that are ready in 20 minutes or less with lightning prep recipes, quick breakfasts, and lunches, perfect for your busy schedule, which is so important. A lot of times you think of cooking as a pain, as a chore. That's something that you have to do. HelloFresh makes it fun, makes it simple, and uh, it's great that they do the meal planning for you so you don't have to worry about, oh, what do I have the ingredients for? What can I make? They send you a variety of meals each week, over 25 recipes to choose from, in fact, from vegetarian meals to craft burgers to extra special gourmet options. There's something for everyone to enjoy with all the recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Uh, I love HelloFresh because I stress so much about meal plans. And I have to worry about sticking to it. And, you know, am I going to get enough of this? And then I've got to use half the onion for this, the other half for that. HelloFresh will send you all the ingredients pre-portioned, ready to go. And it's so, so easy, so effective. And it's a great value. It's 28% uh, cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store, 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal. And you're not having to sacrifice the quality. It's really that good. So here's what we want you to do. Go to HelloFresh.com. That's HelloFresh.com slash INC12. INC12 and use that code INC12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash INC12. Use that code INC12 for 12 free meals, get free shipping. And HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. We thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. They've been with us for a long time. HelloFresh.com slash INC12. Use that code INC12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. Try it today. And we thank them for sponsoring us. Um, back to SmackDown, Man Cave Sessions, $5, says, when I think oh, glasses, yeah. I think MJF would snap them in half if someone came out <laughs> to the ring with that. Yeah, get heat. We also have a couple of entries in terms of great glasses. Edge and Christian, that's good. Orange Cassidy, who I guess wrestles an aviator sometimes. Mr. Hughes is a good one. And nobody said Macho Man Randy Savage, which I know he doesn't wrestle in them, but those were some badass glasses. Still sunglasses type. Thing. Yeah, sunglasses. Yeah, like, sunglasses. Yeah. Yes. yeah, but you know they're they're just going with the glasses uh, in, in whole. In general, okay. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the eyeglasses is really more the niche thing that I think we need to see more of. In 1989, I got my first pair of glasses, and they were like, "Oh, get these clear frames, like these George Costanza frames, like all these <laughs> things." But no, I was um, you know, Major League had just come out, and I got the thick black Charlie Sheen is wild thing glasses that I insisted upon getting and I wore them all of twice until I was like, you know what? I'm just going to squint. It's not that big of a deal. Did you put the but white tape around the middle? I should have. <laughs> um, and then I got contact lenses like, uh, you know, five Weaves years later. <sighs> My, I don't have the right face for like thick black you know, like horn rimmed glasses. Like I, I actually, my problem is that I don't think I have the right face shape for most glasses, even with sunglasses. I have to get like the big, the big one. The around the one. Yeah. I feel say I think my face is too round. So I get aviators or bigger glasses that, you know, I, well, I found glasses, but I refuse to wear them. So <laughs> I found this site. So that had wholesale sunglasses and I ordered like three cases of them. Um, now they were like $3 a pair over the last five years. Many of them have broke. I'm down to like only four pairs. And you can't get this model anymore. 
Oh from this like wholesale sunglass site. I'm so bummed. So what I do is every time I go to a tourist destination, like Hollywood Boulevard, or, you know, one of those places that has the gift shop with the cheap souvenirs in there, you can get like five pairs of sunglasses for 10 bucks. And thankfully they have like the cheap from China, you know, questionable quality uh, glasses, but that's where I stock up. Cause at least I can try them on, but yes. Maybe we can get like an Oakley sponsorship out of this. We then should you know, you don't have to worry about buying sunglasses again. Hey, ZZ Top Hat, all right, man. Cheap sunglasses, though, because I've I've owned the $90 Oakleys before. And remember, they come in the bag, and you could polish them with the bag. Yeah, uh, yeah. But then when those break, man, like, that's a bummer. You lose them or leave them somewhere. But three bucks a pair, like, whatever, Yeah, you know? Um, Zook Enigma 499 asked, did you guys feel like you would enjoy Raw more if it was two hours? Or is it that overall show you guys hate? I feel like they're doing the best they can. <laughs> Both. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree that it's a little bit of both, but it's more so that three hours. I think it would be better at two hours because it would make them more disciplined in how they can kind of roll out these stories. You got to be quicker, you got to be tighter. More things have to matter over the course of two hours. So I, I think it would definitely be better if it was two hours long. I feel uh, raw feels like they're just lazy and it's three hours of being lazy. Mm -hmm. All their focus is going to, you know, a SmackDown, if you will, in my opinion, to be the A show. So it's kind of like, that's how I feel. They're switching A shows to me. And we don't need three hours of what we've been having for how long now? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's really like bad. packed that third hour with more action. It's just an excuse to make more money because you're going to get a lot more money if you have a three-hour show than a two-hour show. And then it just stretches the show out with more clips of what you've already seen and bad storytelling and stuff like that. Um, I'll tell you, though, I saw the promo tonight about T-Bar and Mace being unmasked on Monday Night Raw this past week. And uh, I was intrigued for about a split second. And then I said, hell no, I'm not watching Raw again. Oh, really? Like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care. Glenn, did you watch that segment? No, I did not. I, I, uh, I have not watched Raw. They got beat probably. with their masks. It was pretty cool. Like yeah. literally beat with their masks. Oh, yeah. They got yeah, they look like clowns. It was not good. It's tough, man. I don't know. I don't know if I can uh, get into that. But I'll tell you tonight, though, this giving it a run for its money. This felt like a raw match. This feels like a raw feud. Alpha Academy versus the Mysterios. Why, 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 why? Why, why, why? <sighs> Ray and Dominic got the win. Cool. I believe Chad Gable had a ready, willing, and Gable towel <laughs> from the American Alpha days. I don't think I ever bought one of those. I wanted one of those. From WWE shop, but I never bought one. Still got to get one. Yeah, that'd be a fun workout towel. Think about wrestling. Here's the thing about, about wrestling merch is that if you're a non wrestling fan and you see it, people tend to think like they don't get it. It makes no sense to them. Uh, you wear a Bullet Club shirt, people want to come up and talk to you about ammo restrictions. Uh, <laughs> have you signed a petition of some sort? Was. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, Wrestling shirts really work best around wrestling fans. Uh, to everyone else, you probably just look like a big nerd. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could. I mean, they're good to work out because then you have your earphones on. You don't have to talk to anybody about what you're wearing. <laughs> so you're in your own world. But, yeah, you know, it's it's tough sometimes to explain some of the wrestling shirts out of context. So I try to avoid wearing them just out in public. Oh, that new Roman shirt tonight with that drawing. I wouldn't wear that in public. People <laughs> at second glance might really misread what's going on in that drawing uh stone cold stone cold shirt is probably the only one that i'd be comfortable walking around public wearing you can get away with that 
Stone Cold, I think, is fine. Well, and that's the thing is that you can wear a classic wrestling shirt because people actually watched wrestling then and know what you're talking about. Yeah. Do you I think have now? a shirt that I wear and people love it. You know, I get people talking to me about it when I wear it who don't watch wrestling. I If I walked around wearing an Acknowledge Me shirt, people would be like, what, what cause? <laughs> Talk to me about, I want to acknowledge you. I want to accept you. Tell me about you so we can have a moment. Like... People do not get current wrestling shirts. I still see people walking around with NWO shirts all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They had, uh, I think Kylie Jenner, one of the Kardashians, was walking around with an NWO bomber jacket. <sighs> but most of it, not cool. That being said, I still want a Funkasaurus t-shirt. That Next time I see a 2XL <laughs> one on eBay, I'm going for that. <laughs> I don't think I've bought a wrestling shirt since... Uh, no, I did buy a Sami Zayn shirt and some Becky Lynch shirts. Think about a social outcast shirt on clearance once because, you know, rest in peace to that yeah. faction that never really got going. Uh, Chris Pantaleo, Buck99, saying WWE anime coming to Crunchyroll. Uh, should we talk about that now? Is there? I, I saw the news story. Alfred, you have the details on what this is? Well, yeah, no, I don't have too many details on that, but I did see that, uh, that they're going to have some anime series. I'm actually interested to see how this ends up working out. I mean, I like when WWE branches out and does things like this, this is a great opportunity to get a younger audience. I know that's one of their main focuses is for their audience to get younger. And this is one of those things they're doing that now they're going to kind of be in the anime world, hoping to get a younger viewership and younger fans to their product. So I think this is a good idea. Yeah. Stellar Justin Lopez, 499, uh, telling me that he's seen a dude wearing a booty shirt casually on the subway in New York. People are laughing at the dude saying his shirt says booty. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great. That's good. You want to bring joy to people. It's not like he was wearing the shirt so that they could be angry or confused. They, they seem to enjoy it. So mission accomplished. There you go. Uh, we said Rey Mysterio and Dominic won. I mean, this match was fine for what it was, but <sighs> Dominic's getting some more in ring time. To you know, he's he's looking better every time he's in the ring. But other than that, has he still never competed in front of a crowd? Because they weren't on Mania, right? Oh, that's a good question. No, I saw him get his uh, butt beat by Brock Lesnar at Raw here in Phoenix. And uh, yeah, yeah, but he's never had a, <laughs> but but no. a full match, though. Yeah, I don't think he's had a match uh, in front of a... That's a good point. I never even thought about that. He hasn't. Yeah. I don't believe I, so, no. Um, but, man, I think you get Ray and Dominic in a good feud with the Street Profits. There's something you could do there. I just think the Street Profits should be champions. I, I mean, I don't understand it. I don't get why they're not booking the division around them right now. Yeah, especially the whole thing with them is take-back season. That was their big rallying oh, yeah. leading up to WrestleMania. Not only did they not get on the show, but on the night before, they lost their chance to take back the tag team titles. So uh, really kind of made your baby faces, who have been your top babyface tag team for the better part of a year, look kind of foolish. And now there's not as much emphasis on them winning the title. So if they win it now, it'll seem like too little too late. Yeah. And then our main event segment tonight, which was Cesaro and Daniel Bryan on the ring saying, will Reigns answer the challenge? And this ended up with setting up Bryan versus Reigns next week on SmackDown. But if Daniel Bryan loses, Roman doesn't want to see him around there anymore. Um, I guess this is a good pivot. So, Alfred, what is up with Daniel Bryan's contract? We've been seeing these headlines saying his contract is up and he wants to wrestle for other companies. 
That's yeah, right. I mean, he did do an interview where he said that he would like to wrestle for other companies while still working with WWE. Idealistically, I guess he would want to go out and be able to maybe do something with progress, maybe even CMLL, which I know has been a dream of his for a long time. Uh, but he did sound like he wants to stay with WWE in a limited capacity in terms of wrestling while still wrestling for other companies. Uh, but his contract is up in September, and there's no guarantee that Daniel Bryan's going to be back uh, with WWE, he's come out and said that he's not going to be a full-time wrestler, regardless of whether or not he resigns. And he also said this is going to be his last WrestleMania. So he sounds like a guy who's ready to retire from being a full-time wrestler. And he, who knows what's going to happen with these contract negotiations? He might end up just somewhere else doing his own thing. I know that's what he would want to do is making his own schedule and not having to report to work all the time. He did just, uh, I believe it's on the site, if, um, if I'm correct, but uh, he was talking about his contract coming up. And uh he said he's he's like he's getting he's 40 years old or something like that and he wants to be at home with his kids you know mm-hmm. type of deal so he's hinting I, I yeah i mean i don't know if he's just working uh working the marks as it were uh he's but seen it done before yeah it just and maybe that's part of it right it's like it's pro wrestling we don't believe anything <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, that is a great point. But I will say Dana Bryan is one of those exceptions to the rule where he's not really a carny type of guy. He's just kind of brutally honest in terms of how he sees things. <laughs> he's not much of a carny, you know? So here's my vision. Daniel Bryan's working the ring toss game at a carnival, and he's like, uh, it's five bucks. You're not going to win. There's a whole thing with the physics. It's impossible for the rings to go on the ball. If you want to try, give. I'll take your money. But just so you know, you're not going to win the big prize. It's just not going to happen. You should probably donate that money to wildlife. But, you know, yeah. it's your money, not mine. <laughs> yes. There you go. Not a carny guy. Got it. Uh, he's a guy working the rides. As you could scream all, the, all you want. You're not going to go faster. I'm just going to sit here. And I'm just going to push the button and then, you know, let you off. And then it's going to be fine. So you're just listening to my Fugazi uh, tape on cassette and uh, you ride the rides and then I clock out and I go do my, I'm going to go home and compost. Uh, Travis Huffman, $5 saying black will feud with riddle after a brand shakeup, turn riddle scooter into a dragon and it will blow fire on the birds and fly out of riddles ass. Wow. <laughs> well, that's, that's better than anything WWE is going to give us. Yeah. I mean, it sounds that just that description alone. I mean, I would love to write about something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bid Moon, Buck 99 saying acknowledge travel chief. Great post show. I think with Roman, man, Roman's character is so on fire and so good. But I mean, thank God Issa's not here because she, you know, somehow slapped me uh, from 3,000 miles away. Sure but I'm telling you, man, like Roman's character is great, but these storylines are not. Like, we've got a great character and a great, just all around entertainer. Uh, one of the true superstars in professional wrestling, and they just put him in these storylines where I just I feel like there's nothing, there's nothing there, man. You know. Well, like you guys were talking about on a podcast uh, the last week or the week before, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's like, what do you do with him? You don't have Rock Lesnar. You don't. It's so it's like, what do you throw at him? Yeah, for somebody yeah. with. Especially how much they're building him up. I mean, that I mean, they don't do that for anybody is to have that double pin and just, um, you know, he does a great job being built as a credible world champion. But, no, I agree. Uh, the storylines have been underwhelming. What frustrates me is it's not that I think they've been necessarily boring. They've just not made much sense. Like, there was an original storyline, Edge versus Roman Reigns, Spear versus Spear, that final go-home promo Edge cut. 
you know, before WrestleMania, sounded like a promo that he wanted to cut for Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns only. I thought those were brilliant comparisons to you use a spear, you came in in a three-man group, you're just like me. I love those things. Uh, but then they ended up kind of veering out of direction and backing into this triple threat match, which ended up being a good match. But the story they told was very bad and that they had to turn edge heel halfway. So uh, this story that they're telling right now to me is not very good in terms of Daniel Bryan playing Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 9. Like, at one minute, he's vouching for Cesaro, brother. Oh, yeah, this is a guy who needs a shot. By the end of the show, uh, they challenge him. It doesn't even take him 10 seconds. Yeah, I accept. It's like, wait, wait a minute. What about what about your guy that you've been building up this whole show that you've been talking on behalf of? And then Cesaro going, take it, man. Take it. What? Cesaro, oh, you want to. Cesaro <laughs> take that paddle shot now? Exactly. Well, but that's if that wasn't the acknowledged stipulation, that is what's going to happen, though. I mean, I, I believe that's the stakes, though, is that if Daniel wins, Cesaro gets the shot at WrestleMania Backlash. That's what I thought. Anyhow, while I was yeah, like, that might be it. I, I'm going to need it because maybe I'm not clear on how they um, set up that stipulation. But uh, yeah, I guess they're having a match next week. I don't know if it's for the title or if, maybe it is for Cesaro's behalf. That would make a lot more sense than them just having Daniel Bryan cut the line. Yeah, he's having a title match next week, from what I recall. Oh, so maybe okay. So yeah, it's maybe basically his last chance, and uh, if he loses, loses, then uh, Roman said, "Get the heck out of SmackDown," pretty much. No, my goal is saying that wasn't mentioned, so there you go. Uh, but I, I still think it could be uh, Cesaro versus Roman. Uh, so just hope it's 499 saying the way Daniel Bryan was shadowing Cesaro tonight, I thought they were going to keep Daniel Bryan around to be Cesaro's mouthpiece for his feud with Roman. That was kind of weird, too. Like, here, Cesaro, let Daniel Bryan talk for you. Yeah. I, I mean, to be honest, that's what it – Cesaro – Unfortunately, cannot. I don't think he's capable of cutting the type of promo you need to cut in order to be like a top perennial star. And really, Daniel Bryan cut like a good promo on behalf of Cesaro. That was better than I think Cesaro could have done in terms of saying that Roman Reigns is only getting this opportunity because of his family and this, that, and the other about Cesaro. Uh, so Cesaro needed somebody to really cut that impassioned promo on his behalf. And I, you know, Daniel Bryan was playing that role until he accepted the title shot he was vouching for. You know, hear me out on this. You're talking about Cesaro's lack of ability to cut a promo. And I think that's been speculated that that's why WWE doesn't believe in him or give him the shot, right? Because they think the accent, the way he talks. I actually would say that it's a little bit of like a reverse uh, positive or it's a positive that's hurting him. If Cesaro comes out there and says, I'm the best wrestler in the world, I don't even think he needs to prove it. I think he has proved it. I, th I think there's a good argument for that. Like, there, like, Cesaro says, "Yeah, you are the you are the, certainly the best wrestler in this company." You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like maybe Cesaro doesn't have any stakes or anything to prove. You know, they would really need to do a heavy babyface angle where it's like, "I'm the best wrestler." Everyone acknowledges me. I'm the best wrestler, but I'm still the good hand, the guy that never gets that title shot. You could do a good storyline there, but they've never given them the chance to build that. Sure. Yeah, he gets, I mean, he does, they do a lot of start and stop with Cesaro, and I thought he had a great golden opportunity um, when he won that Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I thought yeah. people behind him, I thought that that wasn't something they should have overthought. And you know, he he's the type of guy who's good enough in the ring and entertaining in terms of him doing that swing and stuff like that, that he doesn't need too much of a great promo. It's just that um, they don't, he doesn't get that chance to cut those promos. And when he has, I don't think he's lit the world on fire. Yeah. Uh, Alonzo pointing out Vince will never make Cesaro world champion. That's a shame. He's great. He should have been world champ like three times by now. I mean, he's just fantastic. Um, I agree with him. Dean Regan, Buck 99, saying Rollins should have returned face and went for Roman. I, I, I think that that's their emergency plan, right? That's their backup is to do that maybe for SummerSlam 
or sometime later in the year. But Roll- can Rollins come back to face easily right now? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, when I saw that say that, you know, Rollins needs to turn babyface, it would take a lot of work for the. This is not something that should really happen overnight because he's really dug his heels in and being this character and this just, you know, really heel character that it's going to take a lot of explaining to explain why he's going to go back to being a babyface. Well, he went away for a little while and then when yeah. he came back, we thought, you know, it just. That was their happen. chance. Yeah. That was their chance. Although I'm a fan and they don't do this. I think Gilligan's Island style, just a coconut on the head, and uh, you get amnesia and a personality change. <laughs> just retcon the storyline. I think Becky Lynch could turn him face if she comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Although, well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, hey, SmackDown tonight, believe it or not, not the biggest WWE story this week. Uh, perhaps as part of their, their cross-promotional efforts with hefty trash bags, uh, WWE – uh, had the top social media story and all of rest. Like, how weird is that timing, by the way? That there's that commercial with Sasha and Drew promoting the trash bag, and then Mickey James gets her stuff sent back. I believe that was a hefty bag. Probably they have a bunch sure, of them man. backstage. Yeah, so Mickey James uh, posted a tweet thanking Vince McMahon for her care package uh, now that she left the company. It was a hefty bag with all her gear, and uh, Mark Carano got fired over this, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, not a lot of good things that are being said about him. To me, it seems like a little bit of a scapegoat situation. I don't know how fair it is to just blame Mark Carano as the reason that uh, all these people receive their stuff in trash bags. I mean, there were accounts from 10 years ago when he wasn't around that this same thing happened. But around the time the WWE is now going through a corporate shakeup, a lot of people are getting fired and removed and replaced in corporate because they have a new administration. So it seems very convenient to WWE to say, oh, yeah, we got to get rid of that bad man, Mark Carano, who's behind <laughs> bad all man. So uh, he's really taking a lot of the heat. But I have a hard time believing that this was just him acting on his own. And this isn't just something WWE typically does. Not necessarily to be cold hearted, but because they're a corporation and maybe this is just how they feel is the most efficient way to send uh, their clothes back without paying too much money. By the way, not to defend WWE, uh, but, you know, in the process I'm moving, I've been road tripping. I've put a lot of stuff in trash bags that's not trash because I just need to quickly, like, get something in bulk from one place to another. You know, I mean, a trash yeah. bag, it's, it smells nice. They're nicely scented now. They're, they're sturdy. They hold things. But I guess symbolically, yes, there's a huge slap in the face to Mickey James, who I think is one of the most underrated uh, performers the WWE has ever had. They did nothing with her these last few years. And it uh, turns out they've, they've done this a lot. And uh, they do not know how to gracefully part ways with anyone, it seems like. Where do we see Mickey James now? Like, what do you think? Oh, um. I mean, that's a good question. I, th- I think going to Impact would be, or or NWA, right? I mean, yeah, either of those. It'd be nice if AEW did something with her, but I think that, um, from what I understand, AEW is finally getting some cohesion in the women's division. I don't know that she would get a chance to really spot uh, be spotlighted or shine there. Yeah, I mean, there would be some potentially great matches. Mickey James and Britt Baker, Mickey James and Hikaru Shida. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of great athletes that are now starting to come into their own. Ty Conti even. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, I think maybe Impact or, or NWA should be a really big fish in a smaller pond, but it would be a lot better for her creatively, I think. Yeah. AEW is pretty full, too. They got- yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's almost more disrespectful that they put her name on the garbage can. You know, the, if they just gave her the garbage bags, that's one thing. But the fact that they just put Mickey on tape, <laughs> I think kind of made it worse in terms of the visual. 
if this was like a year ago, like I could see WWE shop putting up like WWE branded trash bags. <laughs> I still might. Yeah, I mean, because like, right? Like they leaned into memes quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. No, but it, I mean, it's, it, like what's disrespectful to me, this is like the cherry on top of disrespect. I mean, for me, the disrespect is WWE is at a record time profits. Um, and they're not only did they not use this talent for such a long time, but then they're cutting them in such a merciless way, you know, with no grace whatsoever. This is just like, of course they sent it in a trash bag. It's yeah. just like terrible treatment after terrible treatment after terrible treatment, you know? I don't get that. Yeah. Can't handle the whole 90 day no, you know. It's like they didn't Mickey James didn't get fired because she did something wrong, or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like she needs to work. They, yeah. they, they need to work. I hate that whole 90 day thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's very symbolic of just the wrestler life. What's kind of jarring about it, it's kind of triggering watching that because it's just kind of symbolic of how a wrestler goes through their career of getting eaten up and spit out. Is just like, okay, we're done with you now. Here's your stuff. That kind of happens to a lot of wrestlers' career when you see toward the end of their life, they're asking for GoFundMes and stuff like that. So to see that, it almost seems like WWE is subscribing to that mentality that we're done with this person, let's spit them out, and they're left to their own devices. Yeah. It's crazy, man. I mean, I know you can't keep people employed forever, but uh, just shocking to me, like the way that they're cutting talent. I guess the, the upside is, hey, give them a chance to go and do their own thing elsewhere, right? Like they're not hampered or stuck uh, with WWE if they have other opportunities. But yeah, just kind of just kind of lame. Uh, Man Cave Sessions, $5, saying WWE has resources to make sure the wrestlers have a great send-off. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, but they are really lazy here. Let me tell you, I'll tell you one thing. The next person who gets fired from WWE, I guarantee you, they're going to get their stuff, some nice Gucci bags or whatever, and I'm going to in those tweets because you know the next round of cuts they make, they're going to be sending their stuff uh, top shelf, first class, so that and kind of a social media type thing. You know what? Maybe they'll even give them a replica championship belt with like with custom on. side plates. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just trust me, the care packages are coming. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, man. It's crazy times. Um, WWE delivered just... in person by original. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that'd be great. The backflips and everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, cool. Let's wrap it up for tonight. And again, we send our best to Issa, who's uh, out. Look on her Twitter. She's talking about what's going on with her. It sounds like she's going to be okay, but I look forward to having her back in the podcast. Jackson, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me at uh, JAX Jackson Callens at, uh, on Twitter. Uh, J-A-X-E-F-S Elephant ah, yes. Sam, on uh, Instagram and TikTok. Awesome. We'll definitely have you back on the podcast. Great to have you here. You've been such a staple Thank of our you. chat room for such yeah. a long time. Uh, it's great. To, uh, it was great to meet you last week and great to uh, have you with us on the podcast tonight. Alfred at this is nasty. Uh, what, what stories you're working on? Let's tease some stuff here. Alfred, what do you got? What do you got in the pipeline? Uh, I got something up about the Mark Corona firing, so you can check that out. And then I'll be covering Raw and SmackDown and whatnot, and I might have something up for Rebellion this Sunday. Still uh, trying to make way for that schedule because I'm very excited for that Kenny Omega-Rich Swan match. Uh, so I might have something up for Rebellion this Sunday, Impact Rebellion. There you have it. Um... I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. I'll be back here on Tuesday with Alfred and possibly Issa. Uh, wait to see how she's feeling. Uh, but of course, tune back in for Monday Night Raw coverage and you know the rest. Uh, until next time, folks, have a great weekend. We'll catch you back here on the Wrestling Game Podcast. Take care.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.